This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach, heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Finding Your Bliss, the show that helps you find and follow your bliss. I'm Judy Liebrach, and for those of you who know me, you know that one of the things I love more than anything is talent, sheer, unadulterated talent. And a couple of months ago, I was invited to a salon evening at the home of Amy Skye and Mark Jordan, where Amy Skye was presenting a concert version of her beautiful new musical. Kelly Holliff is playing the starring role in this musical. And the moment she stepped onto the stage and took the mic, she was captivating. I knew then that we would do this interview one day, and here we are. Let me tell you a little bit more about Kelly Holliff. Kelly is a theater, cabaret, and concert performer based in Toronto. She has toured with Colm Wilkinson opened for President Bush and President Clinton, and has been the voice for the Heart and Stroke Foundation. Kelly has also had the pleasure of tributing some of the most iconic singers of our time, people like Janis Joplin and Rosemary Clooney. She has played numerous leading roles, including Brooke in Noises Off, great play, Captain Hook in Peter Pan, Aldonza, Dulcenia in Man of La Mancha, Uncovered at Musical Stage Company, Ursula in A Little Mermaid at the Drayton Theater, Taking the A-Train, Soul Pepper, Anna Green Gables in Charlottetown, Hairspray at the Capitol Theater, Sound of Music, Aquarius. This is all across the country for those of you who don't know all of these uh, theater names. And Knishes and Grits at the Harold Green Jewish Theater in Toronto. And coming soon, you can see Kelly headlining the show, Rumor Has It, The Songbook of Adele. And that's at the Rebecca Kahn Auditorium. That's the Neptune Theater in Halifax. And after that, you can find her headlining the show, Mixtape at the Musical Stage Company in Toronto. Kelly Holliff, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. What an introduction. I hope I live up to it. <laughs> <laughs> you you already have. You already have. So nice. Off the top of the show, I mentioned Beyond, the new Canadian musical that you're working on with Amy Sky. And I'll really never forget that night. I'm not just saying those words, but you literally swept us all away with your outstanding performance. Can you tell us a little bit about Beyond the Musical and about your wonderful role in this exciting new production? Well, thank you so much. That it, that means a lot. I, I do remember meeting you immediately and I was telling your producer that you have this incredibly magnetic energy and I felt very drawn to you. We never met before, so I'm so happy to yeah. finally be here. The show Beyond is something I hold very close to my heart. I am so honored that I have been able to take part in this new, huge Canadian musical that's being workshopped to be done from the beginning. I've been with them since it was born with, you know, the first cast doing the workshop. Uh, we started wow. about two years ago in April. I believe that's the timeline. And this musical is being spearheaded by Amy Skye, who is who happens to be 
a celebrity <laughs> and one of my <laughs> all-time favorite performers, singer, songwriters ever. I grew up on her music. So I'm sure you can imagine the call when I got the call from my agent that she wanted me to play the title role of Charlie in Beyond. I I had no idea what was happening. <laughs> I, I thought I was like blacking out or something i was like i don't understand you're talking about amy what do you mean amy sky wants me to huh <laughs> i still i still to this day i'm like i don't really understand how this happened but here we are and now she's i mean one of my favorite people ever i'm just so grateful to be a part of it her and steven are are writing the music and annabelle is is working on the script with amy and it's just the best team ever and i'm so grateful to be a part of it. You were just outstanding. I can't wait for this uh, to come to light and to be, and I know there's been performances. We saw this wonderful concert performance that night, but I can't wait for it to be out there for people to see, because I'm just so excited for you and really for, for the world to see you in it. Cause you're, you're just spectacular. You were Thank born you. and raised Kelly in Richmond Hill, and you come from a family of lawyers and doctors. And so interesting that you made this total departure into theater, but <laughs> First, just tell me how you would describe your childhood. My childhood? Oh, good question. I, I had a very lovely childhood. I have very incredible parents, two siblings who got on my every nerve, and but we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> my sister is older than me. She's a doctor and my brother is younger than me and he's the businessman. He's in commercial real estate. And then I'm the middle child and I have a headshot. But <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a headshot, right? <laughs> yeah. I read that when you stepped foot inside the Richmond Hill High School in your early teens, you'd really never considered being an actress or being involved in musical theater. And but that all changed when you realized becoming a lawyer felt unnatural for you and you auditioned for a high school play discovering something about yourself. What did you discover? You're right. I started, I, I actually started quite late. You know, a lot of my friends were child actors first. So they, they had a bit of a head start. When I auditioned for this show, I went to a gifted high school. I never quite felt like I fit in. There was no arts program, barely any arts program. There was a music program, but it was more band, musical instruments. So the vocal teacher at the time decided to put on, a, I guess, a talent show, you could say. I was a very shy kid. And I don't know, I, I don't actually quite remember how it happened, but um, I did audition for it. And I'm sort of shocked I did because I didn't even know that I could sing. And then I got the, sort of the spotlight. And then luckily enough, the teachers at that school were very, uh, they, they were uh, sort of honing in on my natural talent that I had at the time. And they were sort of building, helping build some sort of a program so that people like me, the few and far between that went through that program could have mm -hmm. a place to land. And as soon as I did that show, I knew that something was different and I could never really go back to going the lawyer route yeah. What happened when you stepped foot on stage? Like, did you have a moment where you said, I think I might be able to do this yeah, it, it for the was, rest of my life? Was it that right away? It was the first time where I actually felt like a hundred percent myself. 
it felt so, I've never felt so right in my life, opening my mouth to sing. And I'm, because I am a, a shy, I'm, I know it's weird to think about, but it's true. I, I am quite reserved. Like my whole family will tell you and all of my friends, I've never sung happy birthday in my life. Cause I'm, I'm too nervous wow. about like people looking at me. So it, it, it felt because it was on a stage, I felt like I could emote and it just felt right. It felt right. It felt like I knew how to wow. work that space better than even wow. my own space. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So you found your home, you found a place to land, to use your word, where you felt at home. And obviously, I'm sure even then that audiences recognized that. I know your teachers did and saw in you that this was really a talent. And did you sing ever as a young child or was this your really your first time singing in public? Like, did you ever sing in your room or? No, I, I never sang in my room to even to, uh, it, it's like a, a known thing that I, I don't really practice out loud a lot unless I'm like, unless I'm in like acres of <laughs> land by myself. I, I never sang in the shower. I never sang in the car. Wow. I was just very quiet and, and I, and because of that, because I didn't have an outlet and I didn't know I had an outlet obviously that triggered some like teen angst and like, where do I, where do I put all this energy? And when I found the stage, it was like a light bulb. It was a total light bulb moment, which also led to a whole bunch of other beautiful things like finding, like finding that I'm a leader and doing student council and all of that stuff. It was, it opened the floodgates and I never looked back. Wow. Wow. It's almost like you were bursting and you finally found your voice and you just wanted to express it in any way you could. I mean, it's so wonderful. It's almost like you found your bliss at a very yeah. you know, young age, relatively speaking. Right. And and I always say to people, bliss is it's it does have to do with talent. You can't say I want to be on Broadway if you can't sing. Um, right. You know, I mean, in a straight play, I guess, but I mean, in a musical. So it, it is really a combination of great talent and passion and happiness and all those wonderful things. And and it sounds like all of that started to happen for you. And so after that high school production, you began a process. You went to Randolph Academy. And can you tell us a little bit more about your training and your trajectory as a triple threat performer? Yes. Um, actually, I didn't even know that you could be a performer as a profession. I mean, I still don't really know that you can, I'm just kidding. Um, but like, I, I didn't like back then I had no idea that people did this for real. I thought it was a hobby. I thought that if I saw people in shows that they went to their job and then they filmed their show after their job, like I had no education on the matter, uh, because I was in school for like academics and that was that. And so I was in a show, uh, at, mm -hmm in Unionville, which has an arts program there um, at the yes. Markham Theater. I sort of did a lot of theater, like community theater in my older teens uh, at the Markham Theater. Uh, I happened to be there and somebody from Randolph was in the audience. They wow. came up to me and they asked if I would audition for 
Randolph or if I had considered auditioning for it. I didn't even know. I, I know that your daughter is at Sheridan right now. Yes. Um, I, I didn't know that any of these places existed. I, it wow. sounded like fame to me. Yes. <laughs> or Lana Turner, right? Lana Turner got yeah. discovered at the drugstore. That's what this sounds like to me. Right. And it here you are so... up on stage and then suddenly it's like there's a talent scout in the audience saying, hey, you need to be doing this for the rest of your life. Yeah. So you, yeah. So you auditioned. What was that like? It was terrifying. I was, I believe I was 16 when I auditioned and then I was 17 when I went. Um, it was super intimidating uh, being in that beautiful school, like beautiful school, downtown Toronto. I'm from Richmond Hill, a safe little bubble. It's never been popped, you know? Um, and so <laughs> like it, it was a lot, but I knew instantly that it was right. Um, I was greeted by teachers that ne- are now some of my greatest mentors. Yeah, wow. it just was right. It felt right. I bet they saw in you what we all see in you from the very beginning. So you went to Randolph and you also studied, I read, improv at Second City. And you're very funny, Kelly, also. Like you're, you know, this oh, fabulous man. voice and this gorgeous singing voice and actor and, and all the rest and triple threat. But you also are very funny. And Thank so you. how did studying improv fit into all of this? And how did it help you as a performer? It was actually quite natural, the progression to improv. My my friend was a teacher there, and he suggested that I apply for it, for Second City, for the training program. And wow. again, I felt like, I mean, I, I constantly feel like a fraud. Like, what do you mean? Like, I'm not... I'm not Linda Cash. What are you talking about? Um, but I, you know who I was thinking of? I was thinking of Nia Vardalis, my right. my Greek wedding. And I was thinking of how, I don't know why, when I was doing all the research, I was thinking like Hugh Jackman. I see her on Saturday Night Live. She's singing. She's Hugh. She's dancing. She's singing and she's being funny. Right. Would right. that be cool? Yeah. Yeah, to- <laughs> totally. I, and also just to uh, to parallel, at the same time I was doing Second City, I was building my cabaret career. Cabaret is a whole different ball game in this industry. It's where you put on a show and it's essentially, I guess, depending on what you do. I have friends that do sort of different kinds of shows. My type of cabaret is sort of like stand-up act with music. Um, and so they fed nice. each other and they they helped each other. And doing cabaret was the thing that led me to everything else um, because people saw those shows and, you know, uh, welcomed me into their rooms from those shows. So it all went hand in hand. Wow. So fantastic. What do you love about performing? I love storytelling. I love storytelling, especially through a song. Um, I feel like there's, if, if it's done right. And I, I mean, I've, I've certainly done it not right before, but if it is done right, there's nothing better than experiencing a story told through song and hearing it maybe differently than you've ever heard it before and feeling it differently. Um, it just moves, it, it, it gets to me. It, it like, it speaks to my soul storytelling. Yeah. And to ours, we're going to go on a short commercial break. And when we come back, be ready to be blown away by Kelly Holliff singing Defying Gravity. Back in a moment. 
Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And you are in for a real treat. With us today is cabaret performer and musical theater singer extraordinaire. Kelly Holliff, you have an unbelievably gorgeous voice and an incredible belt. So I'm so excited to share your rendition of Defying Gravity from Wicked with our listeners. Can you set this up for us and what you love about singing this song? Um, so I did this song for, this was funny, this was sort of at the beginning of the pandemic um, where we were first learning how to use a microphone at home. Um, I did this song <laughs> for Neptune Theater. It was for a fundraiser. Um, so that they could send this out to their patrons. And um, this, I believe this closed the show. Um, I love Define Gravity. I love Alphaba. Um, I think if I, I, I mean, it's a classic answer, but I'd love to tackle that part one day. Um, it's like sort of right in my wheelhouse, you know, crazy <gasps> green witch, <laughs> I guess. Um, so I just, I really enjoy singing the song. And so I'm, I'm happy that they so like excited. I, I've been lucky enough to listen to this already and it's unbelievable. We're going to play it oh, now for great. our listeners. Here is Defying Gravity. Here is Kelly Holliff. Let's have a listen. Due to international copyright law, podcasts are unable to include music. Music can only be played on the live radio broadcast. Finding Your Bliss airs every Saturday at 1 p.m. If you'd like to hear this artist's music, you can find the link to our Finding Your Bliss SoundCloud in the episode description. Oh my God, Kelly, that was absolutely phenomenal. Oh Thank you. my God. Just unbelievable. And you guys have to see the video also of it. It's just the combination is insane. Oh, thanks, Judy. You're so welcome. You know, you are one of the most workingest musical theater actresses I know. Oh like God. you are, I, I'm going to share with our audience all the millions of projects you're involved with and the shows you're involved in. You're, you're singing Adele. We're going to talk about that in a minute. A one woman show all about Adele. You're going to be in nine to five as Doralee. You're doing this, of course, wonderful musical with Amy Skye and then this other thing with the musical stage company. Like you're just a going concern. Did you find that COVID, I almost feel like during COVID, you still were working during all of it. Luckily enough, I I did find work um, eventually through COVID. The beginning, everyone shut down. Nobody knew how to do that. This wasn't even a thing yet. The first few months were brutal because it was contract after contract getting terminated or canceled. No fault of anybody's, but, you know, COVID. Absolutely. So it was quite... um, it was quite like scary. It was the first time ever that I had stopped in like 12 years 
and not known what was going to happen next, luckily. Um, Mm. And then when things started picking up in the virtual world, I was lucky enough to get to take part in a lot of that stuff. And I'm very happy that I did. I, I'm not a virtual person. I'm not, a, I'm not like a recording artist or anything. I I'm very much a live performer. And so it, it, it taught me a lot about myself. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've done many recordings and stuff, but this was different because you have to somehow connect to an audience at home. Um, and so it was, it was trial and error and, because I was lucky enough to have these opportunities, I feel like I finally found a flow. Um, yes. Lucky. Well, you know, what's funny is I remember seeing you on Chris's show, Big Girl. It's a it's an online right. musical theater show. But I thought you were fantastic. And it actually felt kind of like we were in the real live theater when I watched that performance. And I sort of thought, well, good for you. Because that's it's a very hard nut to crack to be virtual and to make it feel live. And you, you did have that ability. It was amazing. And I remember seeing that. Thank you. Fake it till you make it. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Critics have described you like this. Kelly has a voice that can blow the roof off of any joint. And as such, you have played to great acclaim such leading roles in Rent, Hairspray, Beauty and the Beast, Nonsense, 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee, and numerous other Canadian productions. Has there been a favorite so far? And I know there's probably many, and I know when I ask this question to actors, but just a moment where you just went, oh my God, this is an epiphany. It doesn't get any better than this. And I say thus far because there's so much more to come. Um, okay, there's been a few moments. I'll, uh, uh, one of them being honestly beyond. I, I feel so invested in this show. I feel like my heart is in it, which is very unusual to feel disconnected to a project usually because we because we work fast right we do a contract and then we're done Mm -hmm. and we move on to the next I feel attached to this one and I I I want to do anything in its power to like help however I can it see a life um but before beyond because beyond was is pretty new still I played Aldonza in Man of La Mancha um, and that was, I, I don't know if you know the show. It's one of the hardest female characters, I, I believe, of all time in musical yes. theater. The singing range alone is ridiculous. And I'm still shocked that I figured it out. Um, <laughs> but also the the content and the the physical demands, the emotional demands of that show were so we're, we're the hardest I've ever been asked to do. Um, and I did it and I, I just loved it. I loved that I was being used to my potential and people trusted that I wasn't going to break. Wow. It just felt so great. Uh, that was one of them. One of them. Wow. So, yeah. so wonderful. I also love that you're part of a collective of actors such as Gabby Epstein and Jake Epstein and Sarah Farb. And I know there's many names I'm probably not saying, all great young and upcoming talents in the musical theater scene. How did you all find each other and start working together? Great question. Uh, we get asked this all the time. We So we all come from different sort of walks, although I will say Sarah, Gabby, Jake, that group, they all went to school together. 
I was sort of the odd man out, but we met at this, it was a one night a week show called uh, Curtains Down. And it was hosted by this incredible woman, Jenny Burke. Essentially, it was a Monday night show where you could come sing a song. All of the Toronto talent would come Monday nights on our dark days. And you would meet your friends and acquaintances and people would be in there from tours that were in town. It was very well known. And that, honestly, that is where I met all of my best friends now. And they used to, I guess I'm aging all of us, but they used to call us the Rat Pack because we would travel (laughs) as like a group and we would all sing at each other's cabarets. And um, I'm so grateful for that time. That was like a right place at the right time sort of thing. Yeah, I want to go back to beyond for a second, because I'm just wondering, because COVID had been happening for two years, was that one of your first times not being virtual and being live in person? Because I was there in that audience at the salon evening at Amy's home, and there was something very electric and alive about it because we hadn't been in a theater space in, in over two years due to COVID. Was that your first time live and in person? I believe that was Yes, because that was like the first time things started opening up again, I believe, yes. or the second time. I can't, I can't keep count. But yes, that was one of the first times I felt close enough to a person that I could touch them. It, it almost felt surreal, like you were all cartoons or something or like <laughs> not real people, like it didn't feel yes. actual. Yes. And also, uh, I think the piece too is a universal story. Um, and you could feel that like everyone has had experience with losing a loved one, which is what the show is essentially about. Mm. And I think that with the ability to actually connect with an audience that is uh, arms with away was, I mean, goosebumps. It was incredible. Oh. It, it, it really was for all of us as well. From fronting bands at the Air Canada Centre and the Rogers Centre to performances at TD Toronto Jazz Festival to Kerner Hall to major musicals across the country, you've also been described as a powerhouse vocalist whose talent is only matched by your incredible charm and outgoing character. True. What has it been like for you? How did you survive and thrive during COVID? Because I know a lot of actors sort of shut down understandably. How how did you keep going, even in the midst of this virtual environment, which is a tough environment because it's not natural for a, a performer to perform on a, you know, a Zoom screen when you're yeah. used to ha- feeling the, the live sort of audience right there with you completing the work of art, really. Like you, it's the only art form that really needs the audience to complete itself. And so you did it two-dimensional when it's supposed to be three-dimensional. Yeah. What helped, what were the sort of the coping skills that helped you survive? And I'm going to say thrive during that period. Oh, thank you. I would say two major things helped. Uh, one, because of the industry, I am constantly, usually in non-COVID times on the move. Uh, I travel all over North America for the job. Wow. And so being home and actually getting to be home for a little bit and getting to spend all this time with my nieces and my nephew is something that I will never take for granted. And 
it was a real positive thing for me. And um, I, they're like my children. So Aww. when I'm always traveling, it's almost impossible. Um, I can never get enough time. And because I'm a singer, uh, we can, this is a whole other conversation, but we have to be so careful with our voices. We, we don't do a lot of family brunches and dinners yes. because if somebody's sick, we get sick and we can't sit. It's, it's a whole thing. So yes. I really enjoyed and thrived off of my time with my family. And then the other thing is, is I, I, because I am actually quite reserved and shy and talking to a camera for me doesn't necessarily do it. People, some people are super good at it. Some people are incredible at it. Actually. I, I was never naturally one of those people. I, this is how it happened. I noticed that, um, one day my niece had left one of her Barbie dolls, um, <laughs> on the floor. And when she went home and I, I started like sort of talking to the Barbie, I, I'm also <laughs> crazy. I'm also a weirdo, but like, I noticed that I was like, sort of, I was sort of directing the story to the Barbie. Um, and then I started collecting Barbies, <laughs> um, That's and hilarious. setting them up. Like I was telling them the story. Um, and it actually was like a great, it was a great transition from like live audience to being crazy, talking to my Barbie dolls in my bedroom to then talking to the camera. Yeah. That is so smart. You know, you know what I'm fascinated by because I'm also a life coach and I've, you know, it, that's just so brilliant. That's so creative and resourceful and whole. Like, what do you do when you don't have the live people, but you've got to practice doing this thing? So what a creative, resourceful thing that you did. And it kind of reminds me of as a coach saying to somebody who was having a, this is going to sound crazy, but having a difficult time writing an essay, I said, pretend you're a teacher standing in front of the class and teach it to everyone in the class. Teach what you have to write to the yeah. class. And they were able to write it. And I said, and even say like in the class, like Sam, be a good boy. Stop talking. <laughs> I don't know. Like just really make it, make it real. And yeah. she did. And she was able to write this very difficult essay. So it just reminds me of that. It's so totally it's so, so brilliant. Uh, what was it like to open for President Bush and President Clinton? Oh my God. Yeah, it was, it was, that was wild. Um, I still feel like it was a fever dream <laughs> because I see those presidents as like um, SNL characters in my head and like <laughs> cartoons. Cause you, you never think that you're going to get close enough to see them in person. So okay. I just see them as like caricatures. So when I, I actually got to meet them and again, I think I blacked out. Um, I think I said something about a saxophone to president Clinton and I, <laughs> I, all I know, all I remember is saying the word saxophone and I, I <laughs> flanked. I simply want to just crawl in a hole. Um, uh, but it was cool. Um, I was so nervous because they were right there and they have so many bodyguards. And I was like, am I, is this, is this the end for me? Like, what, what the, <laughs> I can't be responsible for important things. So. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, I was so excited to hear that you're going to Halifax in April to headline the music of Adele. Wow. At the Rebecca Kahn. And I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Is it Kahn or Kahn? I believe it's Kahn. Kahn Theater. Thank you. 
what was the trajectory of that audition and finding out you were going to be playing the role of one of the most iconic singers of the 21st century? And how are you preparing for it? Oh, well, um, you know, I have to say that this was Jeremy Webb's idea to have me out there to do uh, the songbook of Adele. Uh, He because of COVID and uh, rescheduling shows and, and, and he was trying to figure out a way to put up a really solid show and make sure that it was not going to like close down on us. And we know that so many people love Adele's music. And truthfully, I think it was only a matter of time before I was going to do some Adele. So he presented the idea to me and he said, how do you feel about doing a full Adele show? And I, at I was so like honored. I was like, me? Like, you want me to do it? Um, and, and, you know, I had a bit of hesitation because I wanted to make sure that people knew I wasn't tr- like being a tribute artist of Adele, but nice. I was telling her stories and singing her songs. And we got it. And it all made sense. And here we are. Uh, so, wow. it, really, this was Jeremy Webb, um, who's the artistic director of uh, Neptune Theater, presenting the the show to me. And Uh, I am creating the show with his guidance. So I've started working on it already from Toronto. uh, And then I will bring what I have there. And my music director, Sarah Richardson, will help create it. And it was supposed to be on the Neptune stage, but they realized that it really needs even a bigger stage than that. So they moved it to the Rebecca Con. Yeah. I hope I can come. I hope I can, you know, travel is all good and I can come because oh, I would love to see you do that. So that sweet. would be so cool. Thank and uh, wow, that's it. What did you think of Oprah's interview with Adele? I mean, I thought it was beautiful. I mean, what a comeback. <laughs> what a comeback. <laughs> yes. And that's yes. like, I mean, I've been wearing, I've always said whenever I do shows, I my my aesthetic is I always want to feel and look like a sexy man. Um, and, and I felt like she like captured my like aesthetic and I was like, Oh, this is like, it felt right. I was like, this makes sense. This all makes sense. I get it. I get it. I'll I'll give in. I get it. (laughs) The outfit, the outfit was so great. And then Oprah wearing that matching white. Oh my God. I couldn't get over it. It was so beautiful. It was so lovely. Yeah. You've done a lot of work with the musical stage company, including being a featured performer in a number of uncovered productions from the musical stage company. And most recently in 2021, you were a part of the musical stage company's 15th annual signature concert uncovered with music by the incomparable Dolly Parton. What was that like? And what do you love about playing that character? Uh, That was the best. That was that was a real you know, we, we talked about beyond and doing that uh, saloon yes. in Amy's studio, which was amazing. And that was for a small audience, which felt very special. This was my first audience back on a stage and many, and, and if not everyone's first audience back and the first audience's time back in the theater, we weren't at full capacity yet, but it was something it, it, it felt I've never felt like I was where I needed to be in like ever, like I did in that moment when we first came out. Wow. And I think it's a combination of um, this. This was my 10th year working with musical stage. So they're like my family. And then also Dolly is like one of my greatest inspirations as a woman. So I felt like they were finally tackling Dolly 
And I was so grateful to be a part of that one. She's just the best. I mean, no one's better than Dolly. She's the best. Oh, yeah, I, she is. I know she is so fabulous. You also have an exciting show, Kelly, coming up this summer called Mixtape with the Musical Stage Company. Can you tell us briefly a little bit more about that production? Yeah, th- this is a cool COVID-friendly show. Musical Stage created this concert series called Porchside Songs where you can yes. you can actually buy a show that their you know artists put together with Musical Stage and it's it travels so that it can come to you. It's outside, it's safe. Wow. All you really need is the right amount of space and a plug and the Musical Stage sets it all up. Wow. Love that. And you can invite your friends and it's like quite a, it's quite a show because you usually see these artists on stage and you don't really get to come up close and personal. And this is like a lot of their artists that they use all the time. So it, it feels like the patrons and the sponsors and the donors, they all get to engage with the artists, which is really nice. That's so fun. Can't wait for that. And then right after that, remember I told you all that Kelly Holop is the workingest musical theater actress, I think, in the country. Right after that, you're going to play Dora Lee in 9 to 5, the musical. I totally see you in this role. Can you tell us more about 9 to 5? Uh, yes, I'm so excited for this also. Um, again, Dolly is my one of my favorite people on the planet. And um, I've always wanted to be a 9 to 5, the musical, always. I just never was in the right place at the right time to even audition for it. And so Rob Kempson, who's the director, who's incredible, um, and I'm so excited to work with him. He asked me to do it, and I absolutely had to say yes. And so wow. uh, I'm doing it. Actually, funny enough, Gabby is also in 9 to 5. Oh, which character is she playing? She's playing the, I believe it was Lily Tomlin, the, the, the oh. secretary. Um, oh, she's playing so like the great. funny secretary like the side oh that's a great role that's a great role oh I love that show that's just wonderful I'm so excited for that too what I also love about you Kelly is that you really love to give back and you say you've really always had two dreams in life one is to help people and also to act and you had the chance to combine those two passions by playing Joanne and Fallen Rock Theatre Company's production of Rent What was it like to play Joanne in Rent? Are you a Rent head? Also, I want to ask you. And yeah, I'm going to start with that. (laughs) What was that experience like? It was it was great. That that company, Fallen Rock, was one of the best companies I've ever worked with. They their sole purpose in life was putting up a professional show and giving all of the proceeds to Pogo, which is kids with cancer and helping their families get through that process. It was exactly what I wanted. It was using what I, whatever little I have to offer for a purpose. And I found that space and it, uh, I met some of my closest friends with that company. And I, I just feel very proud that I was able to be a part of that at all. So incredible. What advice do you have for young aspiring artists and really performers of any age who might be listening on Zoom or so anyone from 10 to 95 on how to be successful in doing what you love? I would say um, build your own mold. You don't have to follow in anyone's footsteps. You don't have to fit in a square. You can be a triangle. 
And I, I would say, don't be afraid to try new things, be a visionary and step outside your comfort zone, right? A lot of the times that I was cast in things or I was considered for parts, it was because I wasn't really right for them. And I, and I decided that I was, and I, I made that choice to go for what wasn't necessarily traditionally right. So I would say like, don't, don't compare yourself to other people's journeys and build your own mold and set your own mold. Yeah. That's wonderful. Who are your greatest musical influences? I mean, I think one of them is Dolly um, for sure, because she combines exactly what I believe, which is artistry and philanthropy and giving back. And I mean, listen, she funded one of the vaccines and I just aspire to have a shred of the moral compass that she has along with her artistry. There are many people that have molded me as an artist and what I do. Amy is, is one of them for sure. You sort of take bits of everyone that, that impacts you along the way. Of course. Do you have a dream role? I would love to do Charlie and beyond. I would love to see that through and get it to the stage. I'd love that to happen. We would love that too. We're going to help you make that happen. We hope. And what is your ultimate dream as a singer and as a musical theater performer? My ultimate dream is to connect. I'd love to be able to connect to everyone and anyone. I want, I want to tell the story and have somebody feel something and really genuinely feel that. And maybe it takes them out of their moment for the day. Absolutely. That's, that's the dream. What is bliss for Kelly Holliff? Um, bliss is finding the balance between a wonderful and meaningful career and beautiful, meaningful family and life and social life. I think now that I'm a little bit older, I am finding that bliss and that balance versus when I was younger. I mean, even a few years ago, even sort of now I'm still getting out of that mentality of, of going, 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 getting this career up. Now I, I think bliss is finding that beautiful balance of life and work. That's beautiful. Bliss. Yeah. Lovely. Lovely. What is the best way for people to contact you and connect with you on social media? Well, this is unfortunate. Um, I'm so bad with technology. <laughs> I, I don't have, I, I, I think I, I have an Instagram. I've never been on it. Like I don't know how to use it, um, but I have one. My friend Jay Madger set it up for me. I am so behind the times. I'm sort of like a dinosaur. So I would say the best way to get in touch with me is Facebook, I guess. Um, I hope that I, I hope that I even realize if someone messages me, um, (laughs) but I I usually do. Do you have a website? Do you have a website, Kelly? I do. And I don't, it's under construction for the last 11 years. So uh, one day, one day it'll be up. (laughs) That's hilarious. hilarious. And it's kellyhall.com. I just don't know anything about it. And I'm pretty sure it just says under construction. So good luck. (laughs) We're going to go on a short commercial break. When we come back, Kelly is going to sing for us. Ready to be loved from the musical Dear Evan Hansen. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by CREATE, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years. CREATE is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. CREATE is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. 
In unprecedented times like these, CREATE is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. CREATE has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? CREATE Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back, and this is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. We are joined and have been joined by the delightful Kelly Halla for the last hour, and she's going to be singing us out of the show today with a song from the hit musical Dear Evan Hansen. Kelly, can you set up the song Ready to Be Loved for all of us? I like this song because it's an explosion of emotion. And realization, it can. It, this, I feel like this is a universal song, whether it's um, about love or friendship or relationships. Uh, and it's also not the easiest song to sing. So when you connect the emotion with the notes and the technical elements of this song, it's quite thrilling and fun to to do. So I, I really like the song and I resonate with it. Love that. Well, let's all have a listen to "Ready to Be Loved" by Kelly Holliff. Oh my God. Wow. That was so beautiful, Kelly. I just could listen to your voice all day. Oh my God. You're so so nice to me, Judy. Wow. (laughs) I have to tell you, I'm so glad that I attended that salon that evening at Amy Sky and Mark Jordan's home. I loved talking to you then and I love talking to you today as well. I want to thank you so much, Kelly, for being on the show today. Thank you for having me, Judy. You're such a dream. And anytime, anywhere, all the time. You're always welcome before <laughs> any of these shows. Anytime that you want to come back, I'm going to say to my producer, I'm sure she's agreeing with me. You are welcome anytime on this program. Absolutely. Each week we spotlight a singer, songwriter, or musician on the show. If you're a singer, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. And also if you're an author, life coach, therapist, dancer, artist, yoga, meditation, or mindfulness expert, or really anyone who has found it is following their bliss, we would love to hear from you. You can write to us at FYB at findingyourbliss.com. I'm also a life coach. If I can help you in any way, let me know. You can reach out and contact me at findingyourbliss.com slash coaching. Also, I'm on Insight Timer, the number one free meditation app. All you have to do is search me up at Judy Liebrack. And of course, you can follow us at The Bliss Minute on Instagram and Facebook. I would like to thank our exclusive guest, the very talented Kelly Holla for being on the show today. Also, a big thank you to Mag Ruffman, Siobhan Kiley, Associate Producer Shelley Koskinen, Editorial Assistant Lauren Kaminsky, Video Editor Beatrice Costa, Audio Engineer Naira Amani, and Audio Producer Faz Kazi and everyone here at Zoomer. And of course, a big thank you to our sponsor, the Create Fertility Center. For everyone here, I'm Judy Liebrack, reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.